Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. From roommates to co-hosts, this is The Back Check with Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. Your go-to destination for New York hockey and NHL news. And now it's time to drop the puck. Here are your hosts, Brendan Azoff and Stefan Rosner. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 49 of the Back Check. Brendan and Stefan here, as always. This is the Back Check on Unhinged Radio, presented by Belly Up Sports. On today's episode, we're going to dive into some of the goaltending tandems around the league and discuss who we think is going to be the starter come season's end. We're going to talk about the Isles, finally get into Stefan and myself, Zach Parise talk, and we're going to talk about the Rangers training camp, prospect camp, I should say, that's going on and some defensive conversations. So, Stefan, I'll toss it to you. How you doing today, buddy? Doing all right. Uh, as everyone knows on Twitter, because I share all my personal feelings, woke up yesterday, got ready to go to the gym. Very funny. I'm about to walk out the door. My dad goes, you can't go yet. We have to move furniture. And I swear it's not an excuse. All of a sudden, my back just locks up. I got a knot in my back. It's killing me. I couldn't walk. I iced, I, I used heat, I icy hot, I Tylenol, I popped other things, I don't even know what I popped at that point, <laughs> just so I could play my hockey game later that night, played in the game, it actually felt better, I think it probably loosened it up, everyone on Twitter's like, you probably shouldn't play, you know, I'm 40 now, my disc's all messed up, like, you know, you can really damage it, I apparently just said YOLO, so I played the game, I got run into three times, I got kneed in the head, so I didn't forget, I forgot about my back injury, because my head was pounding, so that's always good, you know, when you like, something Correct. painful in one spot, so you have to make pain somewhere else, Won the game. It was great. Great game. I was supposed to play at 11 o'clock. I'm sorry for the team I bailed on. I just couldn't play another one. Woke up this morning, though. Felt great, though. But, yeah, my back hurt more than Sorokin's back hurt during the playoffs in the Penguin series. So everything's okay now, though. We're, we're doing okay. Baby steps. So I probably won't do anything crazy today. Maybe the craziness I have to wait till tomorrow. 
Well, I mean, you you told me your back was hurting, and I was like, there's no way you're playing goal. Like, that's one position where if your back's messed up, yeah. it's pretty hard to do anything, let alone move side to side, stop pucks and all that. But I give you kudos for, for going out there and toughing it out for one game. Well, the funny thing is, is before the game went in the locker room, I said, okay, we're just going to focus on positioning tonight. Sprawling saves, we're not going to do that. Just positioning. First save, sprawling backdoor save. I'm like, you know what? Right, at this point, why why even think that I'm not going to go 110%? Because that's not possible. The only way I'm not going 100%, 110% is if I'm not playing. Like, you can't, an, like what am I going to not try to stop a back? Yeah. And as I'm making the move or sliding over, I'm like, oh, God, this is going to hurt tomorrow. But, like, yeah, you have no choice. I'm not going to not play to my potential. It's not happening. Exactly. I mean, it's once you get into the net or even like for me, if I'm hurt and you play defense, you're like, all right, I'm going to try to keep it at a distance. It, you just get caught up in the game. Um, so let's talk about our trip to the Subway Series. <laughs> so I well, I had never taken the Long Island Railroad before. What an experience that was. <laughs> oh, my God. First off, I hope Julia is okay. We'll give a little <laughs> background on <laughs> we're sitting on the train going to the game. This is before the train stuff went a little chaotic. And... Um, we're sitting on the train, and all of a sudden, as most people do, you listen to other people's conversations, and this one got a little hectic <laughs> because, again, I don't. I, it's a terrible situation. I know we're laughing, and if it was in my situation, I, I'd be kind of tough. I probably would have just hung up the phone. But there's a, there's a couple fighting over over the telephone. The guy is on the train with us. The girl is not. So we cannot back anyone's story because we couldn't hear both sides. But. She was getting a little hectic screaming at him, and he was giving her the five, four to calm down, or shh. And, and it, it, was, it was very entertaining because, you know, me and Brendan are a couple beers deep, you know, on the train. We're, we're just listening. We're with our girlfriends, and it just got funny. It just got like it – was, it was probably one of the top, top ten conversations I've ever heard on the train. Yeah, and our girlfriends are looking at us like, if you ever say that to us, we are done. <laughs> that type of thing while they're sitting next to us. But that wasn't even wound up being the funniest part was because we got off the train. You know, we're on time. We're like, oh, we're going to get there when it's light out. Girls wanted to take pictures. And we wind up hopping on the next train thinking we're going from Woodside to City Field. And we wind up at Penn Station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we get on the, we're sitting with all these Med fans waiting for the train. And they told us 10 minutes. Now, my time management and knowing how long time goes by is pretty um, pretty bad. And uh, so the train comes, and, and I, I right away I go, oh, it doesn't feel like 10 minutes. Think nothing of it. We go on the train. All the Met fans, we're all in Yankee gear. All the Met fans watch us go on the train. And then we're looking like, oh, they didn't get on the train. And then we look at the board, and it says Penn Station. And like, oh, okay, it could be worth. Maybe, like, there's a stop directly to Penn Station. And so we're 15 minutes. It wasn't that bad. It could have been worse. It could have been like an hour to Penn. And it was an 8 o'clock game as well. So we get to Penn Station. Then we're at Penn Station. We realize, right, now we got to go back to Woodside. We think. We have no idea. And so we get on one train. We're sitting there, and the conductor moves over and goes, are you guys going to the Met game? We're like, well, we're going to the Yankee game. But yeah. And uh, he says, why are you on this train? I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> we just picked one. Hopefully it would work. He goes, Get on the Port Washington train because it has a direct stop to City Field. Like, thank you. First t- person helping us today. Thank yeah, you so much. We finally transfer over. We get to City Field. We see the people that let us go on the train in the first place. We give them a dirty look. Anyway, we get we get to City Field. Everything's great. Until we decide to leave. And I'll start first because me and my girlfriend left early. You know, we got to get up early the next morning. So we leave at 1145 for a 1209 train. 
This is from City Field back to Woodside. Woodside to then take a Penn train, Penn Station train on the Babylon Line going home. Okay. Again, the twelve oh nine. Everything's hectic. No one knows what's going on. We get there. Now it says the next train home is at twelve fifty six. Again, my time management skills not well, but I look at the people standing there at work there for the MT and I say, "Did we just miss a train? Like, is this?" He goes, "Yeah, you missed one by four minutes." I said, "Oh, they don't hold it." He goes, "If they're going in opposite directions, they never hold it." So, we left the game in the was it bottom of the eighth or top eight. Top eight. All right. So, Brendan, you can continue the story because you stayed for the remainder of the game. Yeah. So I stayed for the disappointment that followed. I wound up leaving there at like twelve fifteen ish, I guess twelve twenty. We hopped on a train right away because at the end of the game they had one, and we got to Woodside to get onto the same train, and we got on the same exact one that Stefan and your girlfriend was on. So should have just stayed to the end of the game, but I wouldn't have known that either. I thought that you made the smart choice by leaving because in my mind. We, we saw the 12.09 train, and then the next one was not to like one eleven. So I thought that I was going to be the one that had to wait, and we got lucky. So I'll, I'll take that, that luck once in a while. We did make it home safely. Everything was great besides the Yankees losing and Stanton swinging at terrible pitches and then a bad one. But we're, this is not a baseball podcast. It was the point of the story. The, the point of the story is pretty much when me and Brendan go to MSG on the 29th to see the Islanders play the Rangers. 26th. 26. 26 12 days don't don't give me extra days till hockey comes back sorry when we and brendan go brendan and i excuse me because we are such great journalists we should know that when we go go to see them at masculine garden if we get lost we should just off ourselves because <laughs> that's just straight free babylon line right to pen and we should be dandy yeah that one i'm doing extensive research prior so that this does not happen again but let's get into some hockey talk, right? Obviously, we're we're starting with these prospect development camps, so we're getting that. You know, the hockey notifications are coming back into my phone, which is always exciting. Rangers camps in full swing. Uh, the Islanders have they started a prospect camp yet? They're not yet. Uh, I know their actual camp starts the twenty third. Not sure how many prospects are going to make it. I know there are a couple that aren't coming, so we'll see. But I would expect if their camp starts the twenty third, probably a couple of days, five days maybe beforehand, yeah. they'll start with some with some of their youngsters yeah definitely so when we look at you know all this kicking up it makes our brains start to swirl a little bit and the first thing that we are looking at is the most important position in hockey which is the goaltender and when you look at teams that win the cup right a la tampa bay lightning goaltender is their best position regardless and you can't really get anywhere in this league if you have inconsistency in net and there's a couple of teams more than a couple that have two guys who are capable of manning that load and we are going to play a little game where we decide which goaltender is going to be the starter come season's end. So I'll let you kick it off first. Yeah, so obviously we're not looking up all the stats. We're just remembering last year. Even though last year was kind of tough to remember. There was so much going on, but we'll, we'll kick it off. All right, so let's start in Florida, the, the great state of Florida that it is, with the Florida Panthers. Now you got Drieger left for Seattle, so he's no longer in the mix. You have the youngster Spencer Knight, who has played in four career games, Three starts, I believe, and he stopped 91 of 99. And then you have Bobrovsky rolling in so much dough that he forgot that he has to practice and, you know, stay competitive. Obviously, Bobrovsky, when he's on fire, when he's good, he's great. He was elite. That's why he got the contract. But looking at Florida, who's Stanley Cup contender, they could win that division. I mean, they are talented. We saw last year. They were they were great. Yep. Playoffs were kind of tough. Again, anytime you go up against Tampa, 
I would know. It's not a fun, pleasant sight. They did give him heck, though. It was a, it was a tough series. It was fun to watch. But for Florida and Gold, come the season's end, I'm thinking you, you put money aside. You're trying to win. You're, you're going with your best goalie. I think if Spence tonight has a breakout year this year and has a phenomenon, you got to ride him. He's your future, and right now you can't afford to just play someone due to money. If Bobrovsky can't handle the load and is not playing well, unfortunately, you, that's that's how business goes. It's a failed failed proposition there to go get him if you're not going to play him, but I think Spencer Knight's the guy. So I think Spencer Knight is the guy come next season. I think that they're going to split time. It's going to be a similar situation to last year, but ultimately, as much as we want to overlook the money aspect, I that has to weigh in, and I just feel like Bobrovsky is going to be the starter come season's end. Now, come playoff time, you do go with the hot hand, but I think that regular season end, Bobrovsky's probably been getting a couple more games than Spencer Knight. I get the the whole money thing, complete sense. Now, if it's if they're close statistically, yeah, okay, you go with Bobrovsky. But if Bobrovsky has a bad like we saw like a couple of years ago where he was just it was just bad, you, you can't play him. Yeah, you, you have, would. You, I I personally think he's going to regain back. a little bit of form. I said he was going to bounce back last year. He had a better year than his first year in Florida, but yeah. still wasn't Bobrovsky like. So I feel like once he gets a little more comfortable in there and Spencer Knight emerging is actually good for Bobrovsky because it gives him that sense of urgency because now it's not, you know, Drieger where he could fight for time. This is a kid that they are believing is their future and goal. So if he starts to play well, Bobrovsky's only way that he's getting playing time is to play well. And I think that might actually serve him uh, well this season. We'd hop over to Tampa, but we already know the answer to that one. So we'll just <laughs> skip over that. There's only one. Uh, yeah. Let's go to Washington. I, I, I put this in an order that's just – I don't think I went in any order whatsoever, but let's let's look at Washington. Now, this was a very interesting offseason for Vanacek. Vanacek, who's supposed to be an AHL career AHL guy, right, never got a chance in the NHL. Lundqvist, Samsonov, that was supposed to be it, with Anderson as the third string. Well, Lundqvist doesn't play. They don't really want Anderson – Samsonov goes on COVID-19 uh, for, feels like, the whole entire year. Vanacek gets a chance and absolutely runs with it. Dominates, was fantastic. And then in the offseason, he gets selected by Seattle, only to be traded back to Washington. And now here we are. So this season, come the end of the season, is your starter Samsonov or Vanacek? And what I saw from Samsonov last season, I know, again, coming off COVID, it's really hard to gauge. We saw in other sports how it affects people. I think Samsonov bounces back. But I really like Vanacek's game. It's going to come down to which goalie makes those clutch saves because both of them struggle to do that just that later in the, in the season and in the postseason. But I think come season's end, I think Samsonov's going to regain. Still young, but very talented. I just think, you know, Vanacek, not that it's like a Hamburglar type of thing where he just took one chance and run with it and that's it. I think Vanacek will still be good, but I think Samsonov's the guy. Yeah, I completely agree. It's Samsonov's job to lose. And hopefully, you know, he doesn't go through that whole COVID thing again. And you would think that Vanacek is going to play well, but there, there's always the chance that for those goaltenders, it is that one-hit wonder type thing. And he might come back down to earth now the teams can scout him and have a whole offseason to prepare for him. So Samsonov's numbers were not spectacular i think he had a 269 and 902 save percentage so that save percentage has to come up but they were 13 4 and 1 when he started and i I think that those numbers speak to how well the caps play in front of him and that is their number one that was their number one last season until what you mentioned happened and i think he's their number one this year too sansonov reminds me like um shesterkin a little bit with they're so talented they just have to clean up those weaker goals like they're so talented. Just those, if they could clean up those weaker goals here and there, because pretty much if you look at Chesterkin, 
when he was elite, uh, he was elite. He plays amazing, but it's like that one or two goals that go five hole, or like that, like ah, oh, I just want those back. And again, for the Rangers, we talked about it. How many one goal games they lost? I'm not putting it on Shesterkin, but if you could clean up that that little area where you focus a little more and stop allowing those weaker goals, Rangers probably win a handful more games. But that's, that's he he did I'm stop gonna... allowing though after he got the first shutout. Uh, we talked about a while yeah. back how important his first shutout would be, and he yeah. wound up getting back to back against the Devils, and he kind of settled down after that. So. Moving on to the next one. Yeah, let's go Philly. to Philly. And it shouldn't be a question at all, but but after what we saw last year from Kata Hot, I just, you got to throw it out there. And they signed Martin Jones because, I mean, I can rip this deal. And if it comes back to buy me that Jones has an unreal season, I will take whatever you want to give me. But might be one of the worst moves of the Austin. Now, I thought last year, San Jose's move to uh, provide Dubnik and Jones is worse. This tops it. This tops it because both... Both um, Jones and Dubnik have already played in that jail for a long time. They they are what they are. To bring a support, if you want to call Jones support, to Philly, where they quote-unquote worked on defense but really only added one actual defenseman in Ellis, that you think that Martin Jones is going to be the guy that's teaching hard his ways and all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. that That's just not the case. I don't know why they want Hart learning from Jones because he's been terrible. And Jones could say he's been terrible. Cubs season end, if Hart isn't the guy, there's so much wrong in Philly that a very big problem. Because Carter Hart showed in the postseason a couple years ago against the Islanders and on that run and how they dominated to win that. They won the division, then they won the round. Excuse me, they didn't win the division. They won the round Robin to be the number one seed, which was that a fluke? No, they played pretty well. But Carter Hart is looking to bounce back after an incredibly terrible season where he got benched, work on things. And it's again, it happens. But if Carter Hart is not your number one comes in's end, oh boy, they got a lot of problems in Philly. Yeah, we've heard of 1A, 1B. Well, this is like 2A, 2B. Um, and you got two guys that have to bounce back. We don't. I don't expect Jones to. <laughs> I think Jones has been given too many chances. Yeah. But for Hart, right, we've, you mentioned how talented he was his rookie year, and, and he had a complete 180 last season. If he can regain some type of form, it's his net. But he has to regain that form. And I don't think that Philadelphia really did a tremendous job of improving defensively in front of him. So he's going to be facing some grade A chances. And if he can't, you know, come up and and make those big saves, his confidence might go right down. Like first five games are always important for goaltenders to get into a a nice little groove. But nobody is it more important for than Carter Hart. It was all mental too. I remember um, during the season, they gave him a little bit of a break, like four or five games. And they said, yeah, just let him like focus and get back to it. But it's not even the grade A chances he has to stop. It's like the grade C and D. Again, we just talked about weak goals. There's a lot of times where he lost his net. He was off his angles. He Rebound control was terrible. I mean, that's, yes, that you have to have skill, but that's mental. That's knowing where you are. That's, you know, realizing the play in front of you. What's the best play? Where are they probably going to shoot? Because those are the goals that they can't really allow. And again, and we'll talk about it later. In this division, the Metro division, it is the hardest division in hockey. I don't think, like, that's without a doubt. So those little goals that go in, those weaker goals, you got to keep it to a minimum because that could be a make or break of you being in the playoffs, you being a number one seed, or you missing the playoffs. So let's move on to the Islanders. Sorokin or Varlamov? Uh, again, this is another year for Sorokin to develop. I would love to see more of a 50-50 split. It was 70-30 earlier in the year. It sort of settled its way out in the second half. But I think with you know Varlamov's contract almost done, Sorokin is going to be the number one eventually. I think... 
I'm going to say Varlamov's a starter come the end of the season. Again, we'll see what happens in the playoffs. They use both of them. But then I think next year is when Sorokin takes the, the the number one spot for sure. But I would say right now, Varlamov ends it as the number one. Trout's always plays the hot goalie. Yeah. And I think that Sorokin's the better goaltender. So I think Sorokin will be the goaltender come season's end. I think that Varlamov has done wonders for the Islanders. He's been great for that system. Sorokin's the better goaltender. Like you mentioned, his contract's up next year. Uh, this year, so Sorokin will be starting next year anyway. I think they're easing him into that role, and come season's end, it's his. Well, they have one more. He has one more year on his deal, but by that it's, time, yep. yeah. Okay, moving on. Let's go to – where are we going? Where's uh, Anderson or Dell? That is Buffalo. Oh, that's a crapshoot. <laughs> that is one that come season's end, that's a doozy. That's It won't that's, be either of them. Yeah, let's just say that. They – Oof, skip. I mean, I don't have any answer for that. Let's go. Let's go to. Let's go to Boston because this is interesting. Swayman or Olmark? Now, obviously, Rask his future's in doubt. They sign Olmark, which is a pretty good signing because he was pretty solid in Buffalo. And if your pretty numbers are pretty solid in Buffalo, that speaks volumes to how good you are. But also, Swayman showed last year he could handle it. I'm gonna say, come season's end, Olmark's gonna be the guy. I think he has a great year, and I well, think that Swayman's very young as well. He'll learn from Olmark, but. They signed Allmark. They believe in Allmark, and I think this is Allmark's chance to prove, hey, I can play on a team and still and, and make a difference. If Rask's not healthy, it's Allmark, but it's going to be Rask. If he's healthy, if he comes back, if he Correct. plays. Yeah. Once he's oh, back, it's Not back. a question. Yeah, so I'm saying between these two. Between these two, they gave Allmark like five years. So yeah, they're got basically it. telling them it's his. And that yeah. kind of stinks for Swayman because of how young he is and he thought this would be good of a year yet. Yeah, Olmark was good. I mean, all you have to do to see how good Olmark was was watch any of the Buffalo Sabres <laughs> Rangers games and just watch how much he stood on his head. So yeah. he had a great year, and I think now with an actual team in front of him, he might he might prove that he he has what it takes to be an everyday number one. Of of course, if Rask healthy, Rask gonna play to Dallas, which we talked about before we started the show. You got a handful. You got Bishop, Hopi, and Kadobin. Now Bishop. Was out all of last year with a knee injury. He'll probably be out all of this year with a knee injury. And for goalies who are tall to have knee injuries, that usually means that's probably on the decline. Now, we know how good he is when he plays, but health's a problem. So now you're looking at Kudobin or Hopi. They paid Hopi minimum money. We know what Kudobin's capable of. Come into the year, Brendan, who you got? Into the year, I think it's going to be Kudobin's the starter. I don't think Hopi has that much left. I think they're going to hope that Holby can rejuvenate himself a little bit and be a 1B-ish, but I don't think it's his net. I think it's Kadobin. He's done too much for them, Kadobin, to be uh, just relegated to a role behind Braden Holby. Sounds like a fundraiser. Hope for Holby. Um, <laughs> I mean, Holby, you saw what Vancouver gave money-wise to you know be the starter for Demko and help him, which backfired miserably. He spent one year there, and that was it. So I'm also going to say Kadobin just because He's done so much for Dallas. He deserves the chance, and hopefully he'll be there. And hopefully he has to prove in his limited starts. I get, they'll probably spit maybe a little bit to start the year, but he's got to prove earlier on that he he's capable of playing hockey because he can't do what he did in Vancouver. On to Edmonton because don't we love Edmonton goalies? Mike Smith or Koskinen? I'm going Mike Smith. I'm going to agree. Play, Mike Smith played in the playoffs too. They went with him. That was their guy. He's another year older. He's an older guy, but he shows year in and year out that he could still play. And Edmonton just has to be better in front of their goalies. It doesn't really matter how good they play because it's their defense. They need to lock it down and help their goalies out more. They do. And every day that goes by with Mike Smith being the starter is just another day that they have to regret that Koskinen contract. I, oh. It didn't make any sense. It made no sense. When they when they uh, 
signed him. I was like, they signed who? Who is this man? He, and it's a big money? He and they could have gone after somebody like an Allmark this year if they had not signed him. You know, They could have tried to make a move, and they just gave him money right away. He made four saves on the year, and they're like, here you go. Here's a longer-term contract. Fun fact, and I didn't know this till years later, the fight night against the Penguins and the Islanders, you know, when yeah. the game after Brent Johnson for TPHO, Koskinen was a starter and goal for the Islanders that game. Yeah, he's been yeah. around for a long yeah. time, and he just, there's uh, a reason just, he's bounced. Yeah, was that a Sorelli deal? I'm not sure. No, let's just blame oh, him. Oh, you mean Sorelli? Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. okay. Blame him. All right, to Minnesota we go. Talbot or Kapanen? Now... Talbot played well last year. So did Kapanen, but they gave Talbot the money. They believe in him. You got to run it back with Talbot. I think we'll see how he does during the year, but Talbot's proven to be inconsistent. That's been the biggest thing. He has a good year, then a bad year, then a good year, then a bad year. If he could have another good year this year and help this wild team, a young wild team who are still waiting for Kaprasov to come. There's some obstacles apparently now, but I think he'll be back. I think Talbot's your guy, but having Capo, is it Capo Kakanen as your backup? pretty good backup we thought he might get taken in the expansion draft and i think that them still being able to have him is a big luxury i did think he was getting taken in the expansion yeah. draft so i was yeah. surprised he didn't and you mentioned talbot's inconsistency it is his net and if he plays like he did last year it will be his net come season's end but he basically will dictate whether it's him or cockin that's playing t- towards the end of the year and Kakinen also has to prove that last year wasn't a fluke and then he can continue it again. So you see a, a co- common trend here is a couple of these guys have to prove themselves to be worthy of moving up to consideration for that starter position. But for Minnesota, they have Talbot. They're going to run with him. All right, three more and we're done. So let's start. Let's go to Pittsburgh because you got DeSmith or Jari. And they believe in both their net minors. That was said in the offseason. They weren't going to address that. And Jari had a bad postseason. Very bad. He wasn't clutch at all. Jari didn't have a bad postseason. His glove did. His glove did, which is his property, so it's his. Anyway, I think he's a starter. I think you go back with him. But DeSmith is also a very good goalie to have, too. And I think that Jari's going to have a short leash because Pittsburgh's time, their window for winning a cup is is close with, excuse me, with Crosby, Malkin, um, the defenseman, Latang, that I'm blaming. I mean, they're running out of time with that group. And I think that they're going to go with the hot hand, obviously. But Jari's going to get the start, I feel like, to start the season. He's going to have a short leash. DeSmith steps up. I think come end of the year, though, I think it's going to be DeSmith. I'm going to go with DeSmith. I didn't like what I saw from Jari. I just think that there might be a mental block there. And if he has some struggles during the year, it might be a complete downfall on his play. And DeSmith has proven he's been consistent, too. I mean, they both haven't been in the NHL for that long. I just have a feeling, though, DeSmith's going to be a much better goalie this year. I can't see any way that they're naming a starter. and yeah. I think they're going to literally split the games. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we see 41-41. I know that it's never that even, but that's the type of system they're going to run here because it's whoever is winning a game at that time probably gets the next start unless it's a back-to-back, and once you lose, maybe they go to the other one. Um, I would agree that the Smith has the edge. I think he was hurt in the postseason. He was. He's and that's why they didn't... pretty sure concussions and stuff. But exactly. the whole year, though, he had he had injuries. So if he's healthy, him. All right. Drieger or Grubauer in Seattle. Now, I'm personally going to think it's Grubauer because, again, they threw that much money at him, and he's shown in Colorado that he could play, and he could play in big moments. 
I feel terrible for Drieger, who thought he was coming over as the number one for the first time in his career after a, a great season in Florida. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Grubauer. But I I don't know if it's gonna be an even split. They're both gonna play obviously. But I just think that you don't throw the money at Grubauer to put him as a one B. He's their starter. Yeah. I'm not even going any further than that. They paid him. They went yeah. out of their way to pay him. They made a massive splash by getting him after what we all thought was a pretty solid goaltending tandem already with what they took in the expansion draft. And depth. They had had everything. So now Grubauer is their starter. All right, last one. We head to Toronto because, you know, defense and goaltending is their biggest problem. Mrazek or Campbell? Now, Mrazek was... Coming from Carolina, he's been he has been great in the Carolina Hurricanes jersey. Campbell was great last year for Toronto, but when Mrazek's hot, he's hot, and I think that Mrazek's your number one. But it's again, it's going to come down to Toronto as a team because if they don't help their goalies out, both of them are going to struggle. And if they struggle, yeah, they'll make the playoffs. But we'll see the same thing happen over and over, like we see every single year. But I think come season's end, I think Mrazek has a great year up north. This is probably the most interesting one outside yeah. of the Panthers just because we don't necessarily know what Campbell can do in a full year, but when he did come in, he was lights out for him, yeah. and they, they all loved playing around him, and he seems to be loved by his teammates too. And they yeah. brought in Mrazek to replace Anderson, so it's obvious that they view Mrazek as a number one goaltender in this league. So I think whoever starts opening night will come the starter season's end. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a commercial break real quick. When we come back, we will talk Islanders. They officially signed Zach Parise. We'll talk Rangers and more. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. We, we knew it was coming. I've been saying on this show, I feel like, for years. But uh, Zach Parise is officially an Islander. No, we don't have any contract stuff. I'm going to assume it's the veteran minimum with some, some bonus here or there. But he has his own press conference, and he talks about you know, it was a perfect fit. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's pretty much said everything you want to hear. And for the Islanders, I know, Brendan, you want to make fun of me for something I said a couple of weeks ago. I'll let you get in that w- one second. But So you look at Parisa, and he's 37. Not getting any younger. But he's coming off a year where he only he played in 45 games. He had 7 goals, 11 assists. His time on ice, though, had decreased from by about 3 minutes from the year prior. And the year prior was a great year for him. In 69 games, he had 25 goals, 21 assists. 
I mean, I think he could play in the Islanders system, a defensive-minded system, but a system that needs help on the power play, especially if he's on the third line with Pajot in the middle and a young Wallstrom where he could teach him his ways. I think he's a great fit in the island. I'm not expecting 25 goals. I don't need 25 goals from him, but I just need consistent play from that third-line left-winger role, and I think he makes this team deeper, and I know, Brendan, you want to get on me, so get on me. Well, I can't find the exact tweet. Oh, I'll find it. The one that I tweeted about um, his, the breakdown. It was the, the breakdown of his time, and then you said that you expect on a, with an elite coach. And uh, so My wording might have been poor, saying that he was going to be much better than he was, which is probably what you're pointing at. I'll find it. You keep talking. And well, I'll no. Find so it. the only like the issue I had with what yeah. you said, it's not really yeah. an issue. It's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So you said elite coach, and Trotz is an elite coach, but he's an yeah. elite defensive coach. And I think mm-hmm. that the expectation for some Isles fans that they can plug him in and he'll fit the system perfectly and he'll contribute offensively. But his point totals have decreased in each of the last three seasons. Obviously last year there was less games, but he's never, he hasn't played a full season um, health wise in about six or seven years. And the last three years, especially his point totals have decreased. um, And I think he only finished with 18 points in 40 something games last year. He, but his uh, playing time was down. Minnesota, when they bought him out, did say, Bill Guerin said, it's time to move on. During the whole year, they pretty much had moved on. They were playing Parise less. They were letting youngsters get more minutes. Kind of wasn't fair to Parise, especially what he did for that organization. Um, but continue. But I, I don't think his ice time was down enough, like, like three a, minutes, too much. A, a full three minutes? Yes. That's a lot do, of time. Do you think he was going to be scoring how many more points in those three minutes? No, but I think that that definitely took a toll on his mental ability to not, you have to go out there in every shift you have to be how much more. ice time is he getting with the islanders well we know the islanders operate that third line could play more than that first line every game correct but usually it does not work like that where it's going to be that drastic compared to what he had no, last year like his minute like total said, probably not, be similar i'm not saying he's going to score 30 goals or 25 or even 20 i just the islanders i think with this move they, it helps their power play they really need help on their power play it's been a weakness it's a power play is something, especially for an Islanders offense, who for some reason in the playoffs turns it up. But in the regular season, it's been terrible. And this is a year where you're looking for it to be more consistent. The power play is that opportunity to increase that offense. And they have failed to do that. Yes, Lee was out. That's tough. That's your net front guy. But Parise is a pest on the power play. He knows what he's doing. And I think, yeah, the defensive-minded system. We saw Pajot go from an offensively ridiculous season in Ottawa to come over, struggle. And then even next year, he was great. He was good offensively, but he's never going to get to where he was in Ottawa just because of the system. I'm just looking for Prize to play with the chip on his shoulder. Yes, he's 37, but he could really help this team. I found the tweet, so I'll go through it real quick. Scored 28 goals in 2018-19. Scored 25 in 2019-20. Scored 7 in 2020-21. So a minutes decreased by 3 minutes and 15 seconds last season. Fewer opportunities to make impact. Dressed in 45 games. Obviously, it was a shortened season. I think the change of scenery, elite coach, should do wonders for him. Again, I'm not saying wonder statistically. I just think that his career is not done. I think he's got a lot of hockey left, and Parise did say that in his press conference. I personally think he has less than 40 points, and I think that he will contribute, but I don't think he's going to contribute in the offensive sense that the Islanders need because defensively we already know they're a solid team. Yeah, That's the one thing I have is that when you go out and you get somebody like a Parise, you're going to get somebody that knows how to play the game. That's been around the block. They know how to play in the big moments. They'll be solid defensively. He's not a liability. But the Islanders need somebody who can be that 30 goal scorer, be that but, 25 goal scorer. But they his, didn't sign Parise for that reason. 
but they didn't send anybody for that reason. They uh, yeah, we don't know. Again, Tarasenko staying put. That was they was you know there were eyes on him. You look at the team, and we, we could we'll probably talk about this in later episodes. Of the breakdown is yeah, you didn't get that elite sniper, but what you think you did is you know, Komarov's not going to be in the lineup. He doesn't score goals. You now have Palmieri. <laughs> you now have Palmieri in the top wing spot. He, he's better than Komarov. I will say that. Yes, and he again. I think it was more of he just fits the system. Power play help. He's defen- Paris has always been defensively minded as well. Yep. So again, you take you don't need the twenty five goals. What you need though is him to help get the puck up to a guy like Wallstrom and let Wallstrom score the goals. Yeah, if he doesn't get an assist, so be it. But the Islanders just need consistently up and down the lineup. They have depth, but now what they need is offensive depth. And I think that Parise alongside Wallstrom and that line, that Pajot Wallstrom Parise line could be a very good line offensively. Not Parise might not rack up the points. But he sure as heck is going to make the plays to allow his teammates to rack up the points. I will say this. The one thing I do like about that move is that if you compare it to last season when they had to move up Komarov and play alongside Barzal, somebody like a Parise does have that ability to shift all up and down the lineup. And if you put him on the wing with Barzal, he doesn't have the inability to score like Komarov did. He'll be okay. Again, so depth. I do like that move for depth. I, I just think that I want to temper the expectations. And yeah. when you, you said the elite coaching thing, I'm not saying Trotz is not an elite coach. He's an elite coach, but his elite status comes from the other side of the puck. He, yeah. Nobody's ever gone to a Trotz system and had a breakout offensively. They always wind up becoming a defensive two-way player that every other team would need. So I, that's where I had the issue. And I think that Parise is a good signing, a good depth player, like I just mentioned. And the Islanders are going to be the Islanders. Yeah. I, I, I've said it about seven times already. I'm not worried about them. The only thing I'm worried about is them falling off at the end of the season, which they did the last two years, and this one being 82, not 56 or 70. Yeah, that's that's the only issue I have. That's nightmares. They can't play in a 56-game 50, season, 68-game season. How, how on earth are they surviving in 82? Well, the thing is all about health. But again, though, if someone does go down, Parise has the ability to move up, which we talked about. Fun fact which I think is pretty cool, is Parise left. J.P. Parise's dad, um, who had passed away a couple of years ago, I believe. He played for Team USA, had a big goal. He left the North Stars to go to the Islanders, where he got traded. Really? Parise leaves Minnesota, which, again, obviously is the Wild now. We're the North Stars. Leaves Minnesota to join the Islanders. Parise's dad scored the biggest goal of the Islanders franchise history at the time. Their first playoffs ever to beat the upset the Rangers. He scored 11 seconds into OT, so... There's that fun fact. Moving on, though, for the Islanders as well. Sale went on Friday for tickets to the home opener against uh, November 20th against the Flames. Fun fact, when the Islanders first played their first game in the Coliseum, they played the Atlanta Flames. So we got some fun facts in this episode. Look at you, um, Encyclopedia yeah. Britannica over here. Yeah, so they sold out within minutes, as expected. It's brand new arena. But that's obviously, like... Yeah, you want to be happy about that, but at the same time, that place is going to be packed for November 20th, and the fact that those tickets went on sale and they were sold out within minutes just goes to show that the Islanders fan base is okay with the move. When they went to Barclays, it was like, ah, God, no one wants to go to that. Belmont is definitely a different mentality than Barclays Center. Uh, Yeah, I'm still stoked to see what it's like. Because we all know what the environment was like in Nassau. Same fans, but a new building always has a little bit of a different feel. You got to figure out where the boards bounce and everything. The scoreboard center, that's always a plus. So no one has to break their neck to go like that. Um, <laughs> that is true. Apparently, there's no seats that you can't see everything. Apparently, there's no car like there was in Barclay Center in just the middle of the corner for no reason. It's so funny, though. That that car has its own Twitter account. Like, it's a fake, obviously. Hysterical, hysterical. 
Uh, I wrote an article the other day about Anders Lee's back. And I just want to touch on a few things. So Anders Lee's coming back to the Islanders lineup after suffering a torn ACL on March 11th against the Devils. Kind of tough. Pavel Zaka fell on him. It was brutal. Again, back-to-back seasons where the Islanders saw their top. You, you know, you look at defense, their best player is Pelic. Offensively, I'm not saying he's your best player, but Lee-wise, point and goal-wise, he, he's up there. And he was leading the Islanders with 12 goals when he went down. Unfortunate, but he comes back. Huge for Barzal, who, again, he played with an inept offensive weapon in Komarov. He's not even a weapon. Just can't score goals. That line stopped allowing goals, which was good, but offense is key. And yet, Jordan Eberle is now in Seattle who couldn't find the back of the net to save his life. More often times he failed and missed chances. Barzal got you know, annoyed, frustrated. Barzal took a handful of penalties. So I think Lee back in the lineup settles down Barzal, gives him that option. Also, defenders on other teams have to now focus on two players, let's say three, but it's instead of just one. Barzal was being double teamed because his line mates weren't doing anything. Now you have Lee back. Even if Lee doesn't play the level he played last year to start, you still got to pay attention to him because he's a big body. He comes back, he helps the power play out. He's at front center guy and again he's also your captain and i know for the rangers they're going to name a captain this year probably they've announced that that's what Drury wants to do but it's one thing having your captain in the press box in the locker room before games but it's another thing to have him on the ice each moment getting you fired up now the islanders have so many leaders doesn't have matter if you wear a c or an a i guarantee parisa will be helping as well to lead but Anders Lee's your captain they played so hard for him they tried to do what they could last year i know they played a video before one of the island games i think it was game six of just Lee like punching the the locker room, getting fired up in there, and you just want him to play. Now that he's back and he's healthy, it says he's healthy, he's ready to go. Hopefully, he has a great offensive year and he gets Barzal. To, Barzal was just ranked the top thirty player in the NHL, and I think Lee and Barzal have that chemistry. They've worked together for a very long time now, four or five years. This is the time for them both to have great seasons and the Islanders to show that their offense is capable of being strong, not just in the postseason but in the regular season as well. Yeah, getting Lee back definitely won't hurt. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's a solid player. Lee, Komarov, I mean. You know, 50-50 toss-up. 50-50. He, he's going to be – you just hope that he has that same, you know, physicality and explosiveness. Because I know somebody that has had a knee injury. The first couple of games back, you're always a little tentative to see what you could do. But when you play tentative is when you are at risk of re-injuring it the most. So, I mean, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that's going to be tentative when it comes to that at all. But it's always a unique feel. Yeah. So let's go to commercial break real quick. When we do come back, we'll talk Rangers. Am I on the show? Be right back. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the back check, everybody. Now we'll switch gears and go to the opposite side of the rivalry, talking about the New York Rangers here, and they're holding their prospect development camp. It's been underway for a couple of days. Nils Lundqvist is the focal point of that camp, being the Swedish import that everyone is expecting to take that sixth and final defensive spot. But Brayden Schneider has made a couple of headlines as well. He's having a good time there, hitting people, knocked over six foot eight Matt Rempe a couple of times, and. I think that he's the future uh, physical defenseman that the Rangers are, have been looking for for quite some time since like Dan Girardi and, and those guys were playing there. So I'm excited to see him get a chance. I don't think he's going to start the year 
with the Rangers. I think he'll start in Hartford, get some seasoning in. But when you look at this Rangers group, especially the prospect camp, if Nils Lundqvist makes the team, people do think he's going to be a Calder candidate. I think the Rangers actually have another Calder candidate in Vitaly Kratsov, who might be one of the more underrated Calder candidates in a long time, just based on the fact that he got some games in at the end of last season and has been waiting to come over for a while. So Cole Caulfield is the number one, I would believe, to be the Calder. And then you look over, and you, the Rangers have a couple as well. Uh, so big, exciting times going on. And Chris Kreider was in attendance at that camp. He was the only current Ranger to come and, and watch and see what was going on. And you mentioned captaincy. That's kind of a, a check in the box for Gallant. Well, he's either captaincy or he's watching and looking to see who his replacement's going to be. No one's replacing Kreider on that roster. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm I, kidding. I can say that. But it, when you do look at captains, I put out, I like Ryan Lindgren. I think yeah, that's that, that's a bold move, but a bold move that if it's right, you're the only you're the only one that said that. So I mean, listen, there he's got all the makings of a captain. It's just a matter of is it too early? Uh, when you have somebody like a Troub on the team and a Kreider on the team, they're, they're going to be the guys that probably get the the first swing at things. And I know you made a face when I said Truba, but Truba has not been that bad. And from all no. accounts, is a leader in the locker room. Uh, regardless of what he does, he's been the one that's mentoring right all these younger guys. So I think he would be a smart choice, definitely an A. I personally would go with Kreider or Lindgren as my choice for captain. All signs point to Kreider. I was going to say, I think it's Kreider. I just think it makes the most sense. He's your probably what? Is he your longest tendered Ranger right now? By a lot. Yeah. And he's done enough for the organization where you're not just going to give it to him. He's going to have to earn it. And it seems like he's, he probably already knows. You, I mean, maybe, you know, they've had the talks about, hey, how would you feel being the captain? That's a high honor for an original six team to, to, to wear the captaincy again. There's so many guys that have worn it before, Catlahan McDonough, that have done a fantastic job. I just think Kreider's your your veteran presence, and you do need a good year from him, but I think he is a perfect captain. And again, they can't really go wrong with who they pick. Kreider's still going to lead, even if he's not wearing a C, but I think Kreider is the way to go. And there's a chance that Adam Fox, who just won the Norris Trophy, does not even have a letter on his jersey come the beginning of the season, which is crazy. Yeah, well, I mean, eventually you probably think that he could be the next captain of the Rangers or or definitely wear an A for sure because, again, again, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. There's so many leaders. It's just it's a cool thing to have in your jersey, but people in that room respect you regardless. Yeah, I, I think it's just time, right? They haven't had one since McDonough. It, yeah. You, oh, you want to move on time. and start a new era, uh, you need a captain. You need the guy that's going to be the face, the leadership group of that new team that's going to go to the postseason. Um, so it's definitely time for a captain. The prospect camp looks like there's a lot of promise in the future, which we already knew. We already knew that, I, yeah. I mean, you, you talk about one of the youngest teams in the NHL, yet they still have playoff expectations this year. I saw uh, somebody, I think it was Ryan Mead, actually put out what his mock lineup would be comes the opening night. He had Kratzoff on the third line with Edel and Kreider, and he had Goudreau on the second line with uh, Strom and Panarin. I personally would do just flip-flop Goudreau and Kratzoff. That would be my opening day lineup. I think the Russian connection there will help Kratzov develop, and anytime you play with Panarin, it'll help him score as well. So that's what I would do. Didn't um, Drury say that he th- that Kratzov and Ido are centers? Or am I mistaken? Was Morgan that not Barron? Morgan Barron. Okay. Barron has not been. He got called up at the end of last year for a little bit, but uh, yeah. he's not going to make this team. But they were potentially looking to move him to wing if they didn't get wing help on the fourth line. Obviously, they got Blay and they got Ryan Reeves. So. 
Barron's role is going to be limited to whether somebody gets hurt. But for Kratsov, he's a true winger. And I don't know why you wouldn't put him with Panarin when that's open, especially with a new head coach in there. Put these young, talented guys, give them that top six minutes. I am hoping that that power play has like Edel, Lafreniere, Kako, and maybe Kratsov with Truba as the second unit. Or with Dale Sunquist, I should say, and just put a complete kids unit out there, that would be astounding to me. Yeah, you got you have no problems with your power play. It's gonna be beautiful. I'm thinking about the Islanders going, Oh my god. Well, the, the we top, already know yeah. their first power play unit is is unreal when they're hot. When they click yeah. and you got they all those shooters power, on it. They should be the best power play unit in the league. Behind yeah. Tampa and Florida, maybe. And Colorado. But they have the ability to get there. <laughs> but the thing that they can do is they can put out two units of pure skill. Which they didn't really play that second unit much, and, and I think they, they got the physicality too, and it's crazy. So you're a big Reese fan now. You just love everything he's doing. Well, I think that that when I saw him there, I was like, this guy's in the owner's box with Charles Woodson, just watching a Vegas game, and then he's gonna fly back after probably being buckled last night and come come back to training camp, which is a, a few days away, right? And uh, just awesome to see. I, I personally like the fact that he was in the box with his teammates. That shows that he's bonding with them, that they are all getting along, and. You know, say what you want about his analytic game. Everyone loves him being in the locker room. So I feel like that's a pretty big component of a team's success. Get these veteran guys that can hold their own, that could lead the way for the younger guys. And maybe he could show a couple of, like, maybe he could show Schneider how to throw a right hook in there. Oh, God. You don't want anyone fighting. But Reeves should be fighting every chance they get. So before we end the show, I just want a special shout-out to Blue Line Deli. So... Um, unfortunately, Donald Rosner, who's friends of us, friends of the show, lost his mom to cancer um, uh, a little bit back. And Jam Cancer, who's worked side by side with Anders Lee, great organization to stop the, you know, try to raise money to stop cancer from destroying lives like it does all the time. They raised $11,140 from Blue Line. They had raffles. He bought prizes. I won six bottles of wine. Pretty freaking cool. My mom is definitely excited about that. But no, I mean, Blue Line Deli, what they've done for the community, the support they got for Donald's mom, I mean, it's just amazing to see that much money being raised by a deli. You know, just a small deli, and it's just amazing to see. So special shout-out to Donald Rosner and Blue Line because they continue to do amazing things for the community. Wow, six bottles of Manischewitz. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. We are celebrating the holidays, though. You'll be at my house, Brendan, on Thursday to yes. celebrate, celebrate Breakfast. We're, we are catering from Blue Line. Can't wait for that meal. It's going to be... Fantastic, but guys, next week, episode fifty. So we gotta we gotta do some interesting things for that show. Maybe that'll be our first show in person together. Spicy. Spicy. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to the back check. We'll see you guys again next week. The back check is your one-stop shop for NHL news and all things Rangers and Islanders. Thanks for sticking with us for this edition of the back check. Follow the show on social media at backcheckpod. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 